Dr Kate Luckins used to be so green. She was a sustainability commentator who occasionally addressed the UN, the founder of a global clothes swapping movement, huge, and she walked the talk too, reducing waste and trying to lower her carbon emissions. And then she had kids and life changed quite a lot. At one point she found herself staring at an electricity bill that was double the average usage and the guilt kicked in. There must be a different way to do green living, she thought, that also brings relief and joy and savings. And the result is her new book, Live More With Less, a practical, evidence-based and guilt-free guide to upgrading your life without costing the earth. Dr Kate Luckins, welcome to Life Matters. Ah, thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about you in your 20s. What was life like? How were you living? What were you aiming for then? Oh, I was so free and idealistic. Uh, I was, you know, swapping clothes. I was tending to my veggie patch. I hung around with friends chatting all afternoon about, you know, how we could save the world and and was educating students about climate change. Everything was pretty green. And when you say you were swapping clothes, you were actually starting this movement that went global. Tell us a bit about that. So uh, it was actually the pursuit of trying to reconcile my ecological conscience and my absolute love of fashion um, that hatched the clothing exchange. It was kind of an experiment when I was doing my fashion masters uh, at RMIT. But uh, sure enough, when I experimented, people loved it. People enjoyed coming together to swap clothes that they weren't wearing for those they would. And I realised that this was something that everyone really wanted. So, of course, we kept developing the events, kept offering them, spread them across the nation, and then we're about to celebrate 20 years of swapping with those events that still run today. That must have been a powerfully good feeling, just taking something that was a bin fire of fast fashion waste and turning it into something good. Yeah, and I noticed that a lot of people um, kind of came along to the swaps thinking, oh, I'm going to get some free clothes. But they actually left filled with these awesome stories of like how relieved they were to see their old pants on a new pair of legs making someone else happy. And it was actually that joy of of bringing everyone together to celebrate their collective sustainable action that really made its mark on on what I continue to do since then. And I mean, quite sadly in our culture, sometimes when you have kids that turns you away from the community a little bit and makes you be at home a lot more in this very tiny little bubble, which can be lovely, but also very different to what was happening for you before. What happened for you when you and your partner had kids? I think what happened was I went from, you know, that that freedom to explore all my values at the, and, and be the fullest version of myself to that very, um, as you suggested, like insular um, sort of small world. And I, you know, convenience went straight up to the top of the list. Uh, I cared more about safety. Like, you know, I didn't have a car. We got a, you know, a secondhand one and all I cared about was getting the safest seat humanly possible. And I kind of awakened this consuming beast that had been dormant lying within. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it, how many late night online shopping things you can do for the kids. It's for the kids. Yeah. Well, you you lose your focus a bit. And I think um, the important thing is... With sustainable living, I feel like there's seasons where you can really challenge yourself, get creative, innovate, form new habits, test them out. And then there are seasons where you're just trying to get out the door with preferably matching shoes. Well, I was fascinated, Kate, when you, in one of the chapters of your book, Live More With Less, you break down the kinds of guilt that people feel and presumably that you felt into seven subcategories, which freaked me out a little bit. Tell us a bit about the kinds of guilt that you felt most. The kind of, well... This, you know, this book is filled with anecdotes that are drawn heavily from personal experience as well as, well as those of sustainability leaders. Um, but I guess, 
you know, the guilt I felt most profoundly was the active inaction, like not doing enough, not doing enough consistently. And because I'd done my master's and PhD in sustainable living, I had no excuse. I knew what I should be doing. So that conflict between what I could manage on a day-to-day basis, um, juggling that, that young family and what was actually you know, I knew I should be doing, that conflict really peaked. It's interesting, though, that you you write about feeling so guilty when you also write that you realise how hard it is for people generally to live sustainably within the systems that we have. So, you know, there's not much good public transport outside our inner cities. There aren't many options to buy without packaging unless you're schlepping around to lots of different shops and there's a lot of economic pressure to consume. Why do you think we individualise that guilt so much? Uh, I think we're just, you know, feeling, we feel a lot of guilt in modern life. And that's really, I just really want to relieve people, particularly the eco guilt's quite potent because we know on one hand, we're talking about, you know, the impacts of climate change and it's, it's a really serious thing. And on the other, our, you know, it's very hard to bridge the gap between that profound concern and the tiny details of every life. You know, you watch a David Attenborough <laughs> documentary one minute and you're feeling for this homeless polar bear as the ice caps melt and then you get up and unpack the dishwasher or or go on to the next thing. I think it's it's really hard to hold all those things in in one mind, in one one busy life. And that's why I really tried to address that gap between what we know, you know, our concern for the climate and actually what we can do in our everyday lives to make them more enjoyable, not just for the planet. (laughs) That's really interesting how you focus in the book on what sustainable living can bring in terms of our emotional well-being. Absolutely. I think if you do, uh, I mean, the first half of the book helps. It's a very, it's an empathetic view of why we don't do things as consistently as we might like in a planet-saving way or why, you know, we've maybe been on the sidelines meaning to do something for a while. So that's the first half of the book, getting getting you ready for action. And then the second half is that kind of practical, I'll take you by the hand, let's start with what you're most interested in and I'll help you systematically, um, you know, for the, for the fashion, the wardrobe edit, you're actually getting a style upgrade and a confidence boost. Yes, it's interesting because you talk about op shopping, which is going to fill some people with joy, including me and others with terror and dread. But you also talk about buying better as a way to to get around the waste involved in our fashion systems. What does buying better look like? Buying better can mean many things. And there's actually a really simple framework that I thought we need to have something very easy we we can keep in our heads because when you're trawling your social feed and end up shopping late night online or you're in a crazy mall, you're going to want a go-to simple idea. And the idea of, of buying less and buying better is that we either question our need is obviously the most indesirable thing and see if we can meet it another way. So that could be buy, borrowing a dress from a friend, uh, you know, hiring something. There's all these great new strategies that are quite pleasurable and often quite good on the cost-saving side of things as well. But when you're talking about also buying better, you know, finding a little bit of uh, insight into brands you might like who are doing their best um, and supporting them with your dollars to cast that vote for the the world you actually want. I was looking into hiring some formal wear recently and it seemed like a steep cost. And then I thought about the four or five dresses in my wardrobe that I've worn once and thought, yeah, and now I don't fit into them anymore. So I can't wear them again. It's like, yeah, okay, that is a, a fairly interesting contrast. I love too that you talk about leading a medium green lifestyle. What is that? 
I know. Well, I guess in, in the reflection of my own experience, obviously we have the the early days in the 20s where I was, you know, super green, deep green. Um, and that's where, you know, you're having very little impact on the planet. You might even be contributing so much uh, that you're actually having a, a beneficial impact on the planet. Um, and that sort of describes a level of commitment and rigour that I think is awesome. And I have so many people I admire in that space. But I think for most of us, I think there's a lot of power right now in us accepting that a life compatible version of medium green living, which includes, you know, maybe we're really great with growing our veg or getting to the farmer's market, but maybe we haven't had a thought yet about our wardrobes. The average of, of what we can do is medium green. And I really, I think because we need something that relates to life, because we're often talking about, um, you know, busy people, caregivers, they have a lot of consuming power in the household, but they're also really short on time. So I think we really need to take a compassionate view of our, our lifestyle change. That's really interesting because a text has come in saying having kids should not mean you suddenly have an exemption from wasting resources. Kate, I was struck by uh, your hope in the book that it will uh, pr- save people time and reduce their mental load and save them money. And I was like, oh, my memories of like having that time of trying to live really green um, before I became a single mum were um, spending a lot of time going to different shops looking for bulk food and unpackaged options, spending a lot of time making my own chicken stock. Those those options aren't really available to me as much now. How do we have all those things, saving the time and the mental load and the money? Absolutely. And I think while the system is by no means designed to make sustainable living easier, and that's the point, we shouldn't have this individual responsibility, but but we do have this individual opportunity. I'm experimenting all the time with new ways that can uh, help enhance my lifestyle in a sustainable way, but also really save me time. Like I'm trialling, I've got a refillable grocery delivery coming to my door and it's package free and it's convenient and it's delicious. So there are, I mean, there are so many strategies like that. Tell us about the fridge edit too. Absolutely. So that one, um, the main uh, cause of waste, which is, you know, on, a, on an individual household level looks like throwing one in every five Bags of rubbish straight in the bin. That's what our. That's what the statistics are telling us. Bags of food. Yeah. Oh. It's like we walk in with five and we put one straight in the bin. Oh. Okay. It seems like it seems like a lot. So just remember that's an average, and of course some people waste more and some people waste less. And I've actually been trying to really, you know, photograph and take stock of, of what's going in the bin. It's the toast crusts here. It's that little bit of leftovers there. We're not. Um, waste-making villains who cackle every time we throw out whole watermelons. <laughs> like we're not, it's not, um, it's just a little bit that adds up across our nation. And so the fridge edit is actually a simplification of that. It's a process of editing your fridge and getting your food to flow, which means paying more attention to using up things. It means paying more attention in the planning stage. And by attention, I mean, we're talking five minutes here. And then it also focuses particularly with food, the most important thing is we keep that food out of landfill where it creates methane, which creates a much more potent carbon emission problem. I am now thinking about the watermelon that is in the bottom of my fridge and really needs uh, paying attention <laughs> to. But Kate Luckins, before we finish up, um, we've been talking about the, the kind of tension between our individual actions and collective actions. And you write really powerfully about how, uh, you know, we can do so much individually, but actually there's a great benefit in, in working collectively too. 
I think our consumer society separates us. I think we're in our homes, on our phones, buying to fill the void, um, buying to distract, buying to keep up with, you know, uh, our friends and our family. And um, I think everything about a sustainable lifestyle actually counters that and brings people together to cooperate. You know, you loan a dress to a friend. Um, you make that connected moment and you have all the benefits that flow on that aren't just planetary. That's cost savings. That's a good moment in your day. Uh, and that's really fueling that connection that I think we are all missing and we all want more of. Beautiful text to finish up with, Kate. We've recently donated a sofa and chairs to the Salvos that we bought secondhand eight and a half years ago. Gee, it felt good. So there you go. It's a great uh, giant circular economy of couches. <laughs> Kate Luckins, thanks so much for coming in on to Life Matters today. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Dr. Kate Luckins is the founder of the global clothes swapping movement, The Clothing Exchange, and her latest book is Live More With Less, a practical, evidence-based and guilt-free guide to upgrading your life without costing the earth. I love these texts. Margaret says, I'm not as green as I could be, but I chose not to have children, so that's a big plus for the planet. And another says, I was deep green pre-kids. I've had to give up the veggie garden and the public transport, but I buy high-quality clothes secondhand online and I buy food at an organic community co-op and that's what I can achieve now. Thanks so much for those contributions. Think bigger about the world we live in. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.